but uh, yeah, he was yeah. just a cool yeah. guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, me and I haven't got a whole lot of chances to interact with him. I don't think I've ever gotten to interact with him in person. I would, I would have had fun and having the esoteric conversations with him. That's for sure. He's a very spiritual dude, and yeah. he has a lot of love. A lot of love. That guy. Plus, he has a tremendous amount of technical Bitcoin knowledge on a very deep level. Oh yeah, you can tell. We talked about uh, landing on glaciers and drinking water like from like cups like from the glacier and we just like we talked about that for a while because we we're talking about alaska and stuff and it was cool it was just nice like talking to some of these people about just life stuff and getting to know them i think a lot of people like they meet these people at events and they're like oh i want to i want to like say something about whatever you know thing their book or something and it's like sometimes it's just nice to like you have a chance now to get to know like the person like what yeah. do you mean by these people? I don't know, like, you know, whoever, like, the Bitcoin celebrities, right? These the big people. names in the Bitcoin space. Huh? Dude, I know what you're talking about, Jordan. I had a, I had a similar thing. I was um, had an opportunity to talk with Preston Pish for a couple minutes, and we were just, you know, he was just telling me about Army stuff and flying helicopters and doing this and that, and I mean, it was just, you know, and he took a minute and he said, you know what? He's like, man, this is pretty cool because usually, you know, I'm just sitting here, you know, people want to talk about macro and this and that and that. And he's like, I never really get to just talk about veteran shit like this. And so it was, it was just different. You know, it was just a couple guys just bullshitting with each other. And so it was, a, uh, it was pretty cool to have a conversation with one of those people. Gabe, now that you're best friends with now that you're best friends with Preston Pish, you should invite him to our our group. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Ask him to come on. Jeez, Gabe. Yeah, I, I sent him the link. He should be here any second. So <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Add him to the signal. I shouldn't say that, should I? I just blew my. I just blew our opsec. Oh, uh, you just no. You're talking about starting the signal. Just yeah, pure our, signal. Our, pure signal, man. That's what. Yeah, that's it's all what about. I meant. To, to the feds that are listening, <laughs> fuck you guys. Note to self. <laughs> Uh, you have to give him a disclaimer too when you send him the invite. Like uh, th the chat's a little active, so just be aware. <laughs> Feel free to put <laughs> it on mute. You might you might get a few messages. <laughs> Yo, Nico. Nico's in there. Nico's one of my favorite swans. Extremely yeah. talented dude. Well, the simply crew in general and, is just my favorite. And he has he has re uh what do you call that? He's re upped the white streak. Fresh tip. Yeah, I saw yeah, it. Hey, they, they elevated their game. Now Nathan Fast has got the white streak. It's turning into a thing. They're gonna be the fucking streakers club pretty soon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will autograph whatever you like, bro. Oh no. And you get a Sharpie and autograph that part of the hair right there. <laughs> nice. Never wash it again. Oh, uh, I don't know about that one though. Wash it, <laughs> wash it, guys. Wash it. That Somebody else wash uh, it. in the Swan Network uh, ended up getting the uh, the highlight. Who? who yeah, was that, that was Nathan. Nathan. That's right. It was Nathan. Yeah. So now there's three streakers running around out there. What that did going on? There's Is that a, where they call themselves streakers? That's what I call them. <laughs> what else would you call them? <laughs> that needs to stick. There are other private things, but I can't say that on, on the show. Nico doesn't Nico's think he should be here. <laughs> Get back I'm in the in office, my office. I'm in my office. It's fine. 
Yeah, he's clearly at work. Where are you, Nico? Jeez. I'm 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 my boss in Simply. Just to just to just to poke the bear a little bit. <laughs> oh man. Get back to work. <laughs> Why don't you, you want to come in on Saturday? <laughs> we need you to work a uh, 10 hour shift starting okay. Saturday fresh okay. at 5 a.m. Okay. Yeah. Sports. Why don't you uh, we're gonna have to have you take your desk and move down to the basement sub level three <laughs> the boiler room? <laughs> yeah. Did you get the memo when we were doing the show? I'll have it sent back to you. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great. Oh, we had the wrong email. Sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, the with two e's, Mike Hobart. That is a that is a common that is a common mistake. Yes. Some of those reference were references for for the movie Office Space. If you've never watched it and you're listening to this pod, you really should. You're missing out on one of life's great treasures. Yes. Cult classic for sure. Treasure oh, trove. Yeah. I've been the guy on the other side of the like, wall. He's he's one of my favorite characters. You're on the Discovery Channel, man. <laughs> well, if you get your ass kicked for saying something like that, that's right. Well, uh, I think this concludes the uh, the pre-party <laughs> part of the show. We're about to get into it. Um, stand by. Every time I see that intro, when I see Gabe eating the chocolate, <laughs> yeah, dude, I started dying. <laughs> it's just so good. Every time, every time. All the for be- you, the best part is it is it is it uh, it's cut off right before he actually gets the spoon. So it's just like it's like yeah, get the oh man, uh-huh. uh, he never gets it. <laughs> Come back next week. Gabe gets the spoon. Maybe maybe Gabe gets the chocolate. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, welcome to Bitcoin Veterans, everybody. My name is Shane Hazel. I am joined by Jordan, Mike Hobart, Gabe, and Alex Stancic. Uh, We are Bitcoiners. We are veterans. And it was pointed out to me while we were out at PB this last week that maybe we don't say this enough, but we are here to get guys that are veterans that are in, that are thinking about going in on a different mission, on a mission that we were all, I think, innately uh, born with, uh, something that's developed in our hearts, uh, something that we have signed our lives away for at least one time. And that is this idea that you're supposed to be free. You're supposed to own property. You're supposed to have sovereignty over yourself, uh, that liberty is the the key that helps the human condition flourish. And that's, that's why we're here. We're shutting down like other apps and everything else right now, trying to try back our daylight. <laughs> Totally he's mean. just mr important and it's an opportunity is calling that's what's that's right man alex is in high demand and i think i probably need to heap some praise on alex here uh in the very beginning um 
for those of you guys that don't know, may, maybe you do, but uh, the Bitcoin Veterans panel uh, at Pacific Bitcoin this last week was a, I think, a giant success. And I think we owe uh, almost damn near 99% of that to Alex for carrying a lot of weight at uh, at Swan and uh, helping us get a stage and you know getting the, the message out. Uh, that guy does a lot over there, uh, and I, th I think uh, what he does and what he says is taken extremely seriously. And so, for him to say, uh, "Hey, you know, get these guys up on stage and let's uh, let's give them a platform," uh, hats off to Alex, man, for for all that you do and you know everything that you're doing for Bitcoin veterans in this movement. It's uh, it's absolutely incredible, and to see the outpouring that we had at Pacific Bitcoin for 15 shows in, that's huge, man, absolutely huge. Thanks. So. <clears throat> appreciate the props uh however that wasn't me pushing to have us on the stage that that actually i got notified <laughs> about two weeks before pacific bitcoin by the way you guys are doing the bitcoin veterans panel so you know go for it i was like oh okay okay oh <laughs> nice job anyway man e even jordan <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks bro appreciate it are you sure you like all of them <laughs> i don't think you want this guy. first thing that went through my head was i don't know if we have the extra insurance necessary to do this <laughs> yeah hey uh shout out to tomer strolight who is out there in twitter spaces and you an invite up here if you'd like okay. to come and, and hang out my man um, we were actually just singing your praises uh, in the pre-show talking about what an enlightened, fun soul you are and, um, you know, really oh, appreciate Shane, you. You're not supposed to tell him. <laughs> oh, Tomer? Come on. <laughs> I can't keep it from Tomer. He's got like that I mean, Jedi mind trick. Yeah, that's true. I'm not a, I'm not a veteran, though. Maybe the poor right. but... You're You're a veteran of Bitcoin. Yeah. You're a veteran of the fork wars or the, the block size wars and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. from... You're, you're and then, a, I did write a soldier styled memoir of my experience in the block size war. So consider <laughs> that. <laughs> we're we're also we're also That's allowed to break our own rules for friends of the show. So me and me and Tomer, by the oh, way, this is, the, this is a closely held secret. Me and Tomer are writing a book. Oh. We started it. Oh my god, Alex! Oh my god, <laughs> I totally forgot. We took a bit of a break from the first day when we started. It's been a long break. We are. I write it. Congratulations, you're writing a book. Oh yeah. <laughs> like we have somewhere, somewhere we have a first chapter. This whole past week at Pacific Bitcoin, I I started to remember all of these slumbering projects, projects that had started one day and gotten forgotten, and literally four or five of them have had new life breathed into them and now it's one more if you want to keep working on it out you heard it here first folks they're getting back on the mission yeah you know i don't know we've ever been off the mission it's just that the mission priorities change the plan never uh survives contact with the enemy apparently <laughs> It's a very commissioned officer answer. Tomer, how how are you feeling after being back after Pacific Bitcoin, man? It was a, it was a long week, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, in one sense, it went by so fast because it, it was nonstop. Like, I, I didn't, I hardly slept. And from the moment I woke up 
to the moment I did fall asleep. It was, it was just action-packed Bitcoiner stuff. So it was really, really fantastic. And I, I found for for me, it was a reinvent. I think we lost Tomer. Well, Shane, you got to come off mute so we can hear Tomer. There you go. I, I, that, yeah, that's that's new for me. I was actually clearing my throat. Tomer, uh, I, I I may have muted your last couple sentences there. <laughs> Sorry, man. Well, no, I was just I was just saying that it was a reinvigoration, rejuvenation of a lot of the things that make me passionate about being in the Bitcoin community, like what I what I can contribute to it, and like so many people, I just started so many things over the last couple of years. Some things saw the light of day, and some some kind of got forgotten. And it was just it was amazing to interact with so many people who were both interested in seeing these things and also wanted to participate in in their reinvigoration. So, like a, today, I've been talking to content producers, movie producers, editors, and and other people who are helping me get some of these things going again. Um, and that's what this whole week so far has been. I can't even remember. Is today only Wednesday? Or is it Thursday already? <laughs> yeah, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. I had the yeah. same feeling. <laughs> yeah. So there's just a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that uh, is getting a fresh look. And it's amazing you know, when you try to do all these things by yourself, you quickly become overwhelmed or the priorities take charge. But when you can work with other people on things who bring the missing talents that you lack that are that are actually needed it it makes the lift so much easier so i'm excited about what might be um just uh, three days after pacific bitcoin about things that i had been excited about before and, and forgotten about and maybe alex will turn to our book at some point who knows <laughs> well tomer uh this is jordan uh operation libertas um if you ever need help with something and you just need manpower or whatever like hit us up and we've got a army of dudes behind us that can help out yeah for real like we really yeah. volunteer yeah. manpower at any moment if you need it mm -hmm. so it's the right kind of power at the right kind of place but alex you know you provided me with the right spiritual uplift at the very beginning of the pacific bitcoin week and everything else that happened was built on that. So I got what I needed. Right on. Well, and there's, there's one thing that, uh, for those that are watching or listening in the future, like if you guys haven't, haven't like had the opportunity to be at a Bitcoin conference when like, when Tomer or any of us, now that we've been to conferences in the Bitcoin space, like when people talk about it, it's exhausting, it's exhausting in like the very best way in the sense of every conversation that you have is high signal, high depth and high breadth. So like your like your brain and your mouth are firing at all cylinders like 18 hours a day. It is wildly exhausting. But you, like it it's like I can't even I honestly can't even compare it to getting in a good workout and that's surprising for me. Cuz like at the end of the day is like you just get to your hotel room and you're like, oh, I got like four hours to sleep and then I got to get back up and go at it again. It's like, but you're excited for it. It's, it's a whole different kind of feel. 
Yeah, I was going to start this show off with um, with the dark side of the world right now, with what was going on, and then kind of lead to the light. But I think we'll maybe sandwich it in a little bit. Um, I think this is a good tease in terms of uh, recapping, you know, a little bit of PB, uh, kind of as a teaser for the end of the show, which I think we're going to need. Um, a lot of times we can get kind of heavy uh, on this show, and I think um there's there's a lot of warrant for that in this world right now uh we've got uh we've got we've got multiple wars on multiple fronts obviously the u.s is involved uh in both of them in some shape in a a very big way actually i mean billions and billions and billions of dollars i would say there's probably manpower involved um this this latest explosion in terms of violence over in israel and palestine and uh, I mean, it's now parts of Syria and Jordan, it looks like, and the uh, it, it doesn't look to be getting uh, scaled down in any you know near time, guys. And kind of wanted to just go around the horn and get some takes, uh, some thoughts so far. I mean, we're, I don't know, we're probably half a week into this thing already, and it's just been wall-to-wall nonstop coverage. It re- kind of reminds me of uh, right after 9-11, what was going on. There was this vibration. Um, yep. And and it wasn't a good one, you know. There was something's wrong, vibration. And um, I'm I'm really curious to kind of get takes from everybody and have this discussion because it's, I think it's you know as veterans, um, you guys have seen some things. You know, a lot of things are going on. You've been able to read behind the lines for you know a long time. And I think this is a unique exp- you know experience and perspective that the world should probably at least take note of um, prior to kinetic action. All right. I don't have any proof of this, but I suspect Raytheon and Halliburton had to get them numbers up because they were doing rookie numbers. Rookie numbers had to get them numbers up. I don't. I don't think you're wrong at all. But what I want to, what I would like to start this conversation with, just so that everyone's kind of thinking about this while we talk about it, however you want. Um, isn't it interesting how, like, talk of war talk of um anti-semitism talk of islamophobia are all like on the rise right now and it all seems to be very correlated with the trajectory of the economy and the fact that what it's about to do is tank leading into a presidential election this war what the takeaway i want people to realize is this conflict has been going on for decades it didn't start this week this is not a new thing but the news coverage of it is amping up because of one event that was horrific but that they're trying to spin into a bigger thing this isn't a new conflict but for a lot of people out there that don't know anything about the israeli-palestinian conflict this is day one for them and we need people to understand that this conflict has been going on for a long time they're focusing media attention on it now to distract you from because they want to push you to war and they think this is people are have been learning their lesson about being anti-war and being against it but they need people to they need that fear like shane kind of was talking about after 9 11 there was a lot of that fear of the uncertainty they're trying to gin all that up because COVID is no longer working they need something to distract you with because the economy is shit and is about to get worse, and they don't want you to talk about or think about that. Okay, if you're a politician and you want a war, how does that happen? Well, you either wait for or you influence 
conflict in a region. Or maybe fund both sides by sending each of them fiat money. What? No, they don't yeah. do that. So, so there's there's people who are on uh, different committees that we don't have any oversight of whatsoever. I mean, completely dark money, completely dark communities. Uh, and I imagine guys like Lindsey Graham, and I use that term very loosely, guys. Um, the <laughs> you got, Lindsey, you, yeah, you've got guys like that who sit in uh, sealed chambers like with with nothing, you know, with nothing going on. They know what has to happen and you know the people who create money out of thin air uh also have a desire to cover up what's going on in their own industry right like right now bringing any light to what's going on in the banking industry is uh is suicide for bankers it's revolution right like you know that's that's history is replete with all sorts of examples of where bankers have destroyed a currency which has destroyed a country and trade and trust and those people have paid a very ultimate consequence. And right now, you know, this is those guys wagging the dog. You look at 2000, you had the response of 9-11 and, uh, and uh, 2001. Then you had the the meltdown of, uh, you know, 2008, which, you know, put a Band-Aid on it for a while. Then we had 2019, which we got COVID for. And now, you know, as these contractions are getting tighter and tighter, we're getting more and more conflict uh, to try to, I don't know, spend this money as our, our greatest export and what do they know how to do they know how to funnel it they know how to wash it they know how to keep the people in power they're going to continue to do it again and again and again they know and how to spool people up and unleash them that's it with the mm. with weaponized propaganda press with them it's toy we're, yeah. we're watching the same thing repeat you know, Shane, there is there is one thing I wanted to bring up because uh, you had mentioned like the like the vibes, right? Like the vibrations that you were talking about. Um, I can't remember if I told you this specifically because I've had pretty esoteric conversations with you uh, individually. But in the two weeks leading up to this past weekend, um, I had had like my own kind of personal like just like vibes. Like I'm, I, I was just like something feels weird and i don't know what it is and Damn. you were saying on, that right before all this stuff kicked off too That's yeah and on on i think it was on friday or thursday because i had forgotten i must have mentioned it in the group chat with all of us i've forgotten about that but on like friday or thursday of before this past weekend um i had texted one person that i have these kinds of conversations with on a regular basis and i was like hey like are you picking up on this? Like, or do you feel like something funky going on? Just like in the matrix, I guess you could say it. And she was like, Oh yeah, I'm picking up on it. And then I'm not kidding you guys within four hours of my having this text message conversation with this individual, I had close to 10 people all reach out to me and they're just like, dude, like something feels weird. And, and guys like specifically, a, this is why I talk about when it comes to like just physical health and working out, like just become more aware, like pay attention to yourself. Like your intuition is not like bullshit. I'm going to tell you that right now. Maybe that's a little esoteric or frou-frou, but you guys can just suck it up. Um, I love it. Bring but, more. Awesome. but there's, but there's, there's like one, I have, I fucking lost my train of thought. Cause there was another reason why like, Oh, um, as guys, like, cause I know guys specifically, we have this kind of like sixth sense. Like when you're in a large group, like if you're at a bar or whatever you, and you're aware, 
you can pick up on the vibe when a fight's about to break out because everybody else in like that's around the area that is like the individuals that are given off like the the vibe whether it's the pheromones or hormones whatever the fuck you want to call it people that are pissed off like i'm sure you guys have noticed in social environments people that are pissed off are just generally shitty they tend to bring the whole mood down right like without even like really having to say much um so like when you're in like these environments like if you're aware you can pick up when a fight's about to likely break out and i'm wondering if like just the shit that popped off over this weekend i'm wondering if it was just given off such vibes that a bunch of people were picking up on it because like that's there's a lot of coincidences there that i just mm-hmm. i can't ignore yeah and that that sort of thing does tend to happen um you know and i, I and i I haven't completely formulated my 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 conclusions on it, but I, I do believe in some sense that there is some type of a universal mind that people are, are connected into. And when, when there are those those large shifts and those building and potential shifts of energy, like, um, you know, an all out assault on uh, of a of a kinetic warfare um, nature. I, I agree with you, man. I think you can pick up on something like that. And it was weird. And there was something else that, I mean, I, there was a lot of, a lot of things in, you know, amongst our, our own um, veteran community and our, our different areas where we, where we chat and communicate with one another. When I remember when I, when uh, going into LA, um, riding the Uber in that uh, you all probably remember last week when that, uh, that national emergency alert came out on everybody's yeah. phones and to me, and I think that probably a lot of us, you know, when something like that happens, it's like, oh shit! All right, what, what's what? What are they gearing up for here? Why are they testing this now? Because it's not there. There are no coincidences when it comes yeah. to these types of things. Okay, it's like, all right, start in. The, and for me, that was when my ears perked up. Plus, you kept throwing stuff out there, Mike, and I was like, yeah. what the hell is Mike talking about? He's like, there's a disturbance in the force, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> what's going? Because I know you, I know you keep tabs and you pay attention to what's going on. But yeah, when that happened, well, you know like, that I don't know, Mike. <laughs> exactly. What's a your Jedi secret? doesn't give up all of his secrets. Oh, thanks. But, <laughs> but and that was, to me, that was when it was like, all right. I mean, but plus, you know, just being in LA, um, you know, I mean, your, you know, senses are heightened anyway, for me anyway, it was like, okay, just pay attention to what the hell's going on. I mean, the place is, is, you know, it, it has its own, its own challenges. We'll just leave it at that for now. But, uh, but, but I agree with you. Um, and so, and, and I'm also going to go back to what you were talking about, Jordan, that, you know, this, and I keep hearing it in the news and I've been trying not to watch it much because it's all garbage and it's all a smoke screen, but I've seen it more than once. I've seen it several times where they're calling it this, you know, this surprise attack, this surprise attack on, on Israel. And it, this is read Bullshit. the, yeah, read the thousand year war in the mid East by Richard Mayberry. Okay. He's a, he's a pre Bitcoiner. He doesn't know he is yet, but he's on his way. Um, but read that book, Thousand Year War in the Mideast, and it talks, you know, it's, it's basically what the title sounds like. You know, it goes all the way back to the to the Crusades and our involvement there and then their involvement. And it's it's been going on forever. Um, and for and it's like it's like you said, Jordan, I mean, for a lot of people, this is day one. But, you know, open up a book, do a little bit of research. This has been going on for a long, long time. And I mean, Iran. I mean, they've been in the streets, you know, yelling death to America, death to Israel for a for, for a while. And so it shouldn't if you're paying attention, it's not a surprise. And I believe that um, there are certain um, elements that can that can 
I guess, flip the switch on these types of things and set them into motion, certain operatives that can make these things happen according to their schedule. Maybe, you know, when the economy is doing terrible or, you know, maybe when an election is coming up um, where, you know, current regimes or, you know, current regimes on both sides of the aisle, uh, current, because, you know, you know they're, they're washing each other's hands and other things. But, um, you know, because they're, they're at risk right now, okay, because people are pissed off with the way that things are on both sides. Okay. I mean, the, they just, you know, kicked out their, you know, their speaker. They don't know what the hell's going on. You got this freaking Kennedy guy up here raising all kinds of shit and he just won't go away. Um, and so he's making trouble for everybody. And now they're both afraid. Well, he might spoil it for us or he might spoil it for us. Um, you know, what happens, you know, let's think about a good reason for us to go ahead and, you know, print a few trillion more dollars, cancel the elections for a little while. Um, and what better way to do that, that than, you know, popping off something overseas and then creating a threat from the millions of illegal of, of immigrants that have come up through the border over the past oh, three yeah. years um, and say, OK, well, we have an imminent threat here within our country right now. Martial law. Elections are canceled. Deal oh, with yeah. There we go. How many how many people have seen a tweet or something in the last few days about um, imagine how many like Palestinian terrorists have come across the border? A shit. Like whether well, whether there are or not, like I don't we don't know the Mexicans coming across the border or the Guatemalans mm -hmm. or the Hondurans. Like, what do you mean? We don't or the Chinese or the Africans. But but that's being said very systematically to make people in America afraid. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yep. This attack could be here. And like. Sure, maybe it could be, but there was no difference really today than there was a year ago. Calling this a surprise attack by Hamas is like saying that the U.S. invasion of Iraq was a surprise. Like, even though we had talked about, like, trying to start that war since the day after 9-11. Like, it's not a surprise. They're actively in a conflict. Like, this is not a surprise. If you're surprised, then you don't know what's well, going on. Well, and you guys, you guys think that oil had its massive sell-off right before the conflict kicked off. And that's just a coincidence that yeah. guys like that shit doesn't just happen on accident. It's been happening for a long, long time. And I think, yeah. you know, there's probably maybe some people that are, you know, watching that have, uh, th that are new to Bitcoin veterans that maybe not veterans at all that don't really have, um, Trial by fire. The, yeah, this, this understanding that we do, Look, I, I don't think there's probably anybody on this panel or anybody even listening to the show uh, that thinks we're picking sides. And that's the thing is, you know, I think we're all mature enough adults and have seen uh, enough things to understand that there's some really, really bad actors at the top of every organization, you know, state level organization, and then some, you know, NGOs and the rest of these kind of organizations that obviously don't have people's best interests at heart, right? We can, I think we're all adult to sit there and say, listen, <clears throat> There's no good guys out there. there. If anybody is, you know, pushing the this violent narrative that, you know, you got to pick a side, you've got to, you know, pick the Jews, you got to pick the Palestinians, you got to pick the Jordanians or Syrians or whoever it is, uh, it, it's just such a childish understanding of what yeah. war is. It's it's the most, uh, I think, indoctrinated type of take you could possibly have to where you you know I've seen this and this is kind of what disgusts me. Is on Twitter, you'll see polls like, who are you for? Like, this is a goddamn sports team, for God's sakes. We're talking about, yep. you know, kids and women and men, most of them who would rather just go about their lives, you know, in, in peace and harmony, having 
state level bad actors influence their lives and then trying to divide everybody else through fear you know and, and that's i, I think that blood begets blood that's all it is yeah yeah it's just like and then i've specifically like i can't like i can't say that i've seen any of those tweets uh specifically about palestinians crossing our the american southern border because i made it a point as soon as i saw that that shit was popping off i was like well time to stay off twitter for a while mm-hmm. because like that's all that any of the discussions were was just people's like two different groups or three different groups sometimes screaming at each other in a spaces and i'm just like this is like i'll put it on for some bullshit background noise but i don't want to listen to anything that's actually intelligent yeah. but like you go in there like you you want to have just like because like i don't know about you guys but i enjoy having some time where i just listen to some of those conversations they're having in spaces because like they're really good a lot of times they're really good conversations but now like this is just completely soaked up the entire like twitter feed and i'm just like no i'm not i learned my lesson with ukraine i got soaked up into that pretty early Isn't and it it's fascinating though how easy it is they can spin everybody up yeah about whatever oh yeah help. well and it's it's explicitly clear that nobody learned the lesson from ukraine right? well no so that was why i'd had the 180 degree approach of you mike like i was like no i'm going out there and i'm gonna like start educating and because the biggest thing to me was like to see all the right wingers like like do a 180 on anti-war and be like we got to support israel and it's like no yeah this is the exact same thing as ukraine and russia and it took you most of you a year to understand that because at the beginning they were supporting it too and 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 then i remember thinking like no this is just the next war that they've tricked you into thinking is worth supporting so let's break this down and i didn't have all the facts with Ukraine and Russia, like it took me longer to have that counter argument. But with Palestine and Israel, I was like, no, this motherfucking thing's been going on for a while. And I know some of the background to it. Let's start hitting people now with what the truth is. So we don't have to wait a year for them to figure it out. Let's figure it out right now. Because as soon as you paint it, be like, dude, this is the same as Ukraine, Russia, they'll be like, if they're huh. willing to think about it, which a lot of them are. I mean, what if, we'll, what if you what if you just for a second reset the game board? Like, why don't we go back to remembering what the founding fathers of America said? No nation building, yeah, no entangling alliances, exactly. don't make war on people, trade with everybody. If you need to defend yourself, meaning America then defend that. But otherwise, what the hell are you doing? And why are you doing it? It's greed and stupidity. That's what they're doing. And you know what's crazy, Alex, is that perspective was from the big government guys of the time. That was the the federalists. The anti-federalists didn't want anything to do with that centralization of power. They they were like 100% against the Constitution. And so for the for the centralists, for the federalists to sit there and say, no entangling alliances, trade with everybody, but let's let's not get into this crap where we're defending other nations uh, and fighting their wars and all that. For that to have gone to where we are now, I mean, that's the power of central banks. That's the power of the money printer to, to be able to- That's the power of a broken finan- uh, monetary system. This all goes back to fiat, guys. Yep. Yep. If it wasn't for the, the the dollar, which is backed by nothing, which can be printed by a small group of people at will, 
None of this would be possible. And then they created their own backdoor with corporate lobbying. Yeah. And the, uh, the whole behavioral incentive system is set up in a way where it behooves this military industrial complex to just keep churning. And the guys who own these companies keep making money. And every and the next place drop, for them to go is Africa. Every carrier we build and every Tomahawk missile we fire makes these guys richer. And it makes everybody else in America poorer, basically, yep. because yep. of the Campbellon effect. And then then zoom into the actual conflict when we're pumping in billions, whether it's to one side or the other or both. What incentive does that? So the purpose of war is supposed to be like we have a conflict that we need to settle it and we're going to do it until we've depleted our resources or we realize we can't win and we have to sue for peace. And that's so war is typically very limited or it's supposed to be. But when both sides have billions on the table to keep it going, there is no incentive to end to sue for peace. It's not there because that means getting rid of billions of dollars that are keeping me in power. And that goes both for the Israeli side and the Hamas side or the PLO or like throughout Hezbollah, like all of them are receiving money from organizations to keep the war going. Well, and then the best part is now they're trying to blame it on crypto. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like, no, 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 no. Crypto is not, crypto is not yeah. the problem here. Yeah. You guys, you guys mind if I read a couple of excerpts from this? Go for it, dude. Wars racket by Steadley Butler is uh, what uh, what Alex is referring to. Great. For those of you who don't know, Smedley Butler is a celebrated general from the United States Marine Corps. This guy was around a long time ago. 1881 actually is when he was born. But just a couple of quick things here. A racket. This is what he wrote one of the most celebrated generals in the United States Marine Corps. War is a racket always has been. It's possibly the oldest, easily most profitable, surely the most vicious. It's the only one international in scope. It's the only one in which the profits are reckoned in dollars and the losses in lives. A racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to the majority of the people. Only a small inside group knows what it's about. It's conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the very many. Out of war, a few people make huge fortunes. Out of war, nations acquire additional territory. If they're victorious, they just take it. What's the bill? The bill renders a horrible accounting. Gravestones, mangled bodies, shattered minds, broken hearts and homes, economic instability, depression, and all its attendant miseries, back-breaking taxation for generations upon generations millions and billions of dollars would be piled up by a few munitions makers bankers shipbuilders manufacturers meat packers speculators they fare well anyway it's pretty brutal well and this is this Highly is part of reading it this is also like part of like just like what people need to understand with regards to bitcoin um because the conversation got brought up by Shinobi and Cafe Bitcoin the other morning of some people have a misunderstanding of there's like parts of the community that are claiming that Bitcoin prevents the capability of violence or war. And like that's that's not that's not what like these talking points are. The talking point is that Bitcoin 
removes the incentive or the viability of using violence, particularly war, as a means of benefit, right? Because like the the whole point of a war is supposed to be that like when like a community agrees that like physical force is necessary in order to get something done. And the whole point to Bitcoin is because of the fact that if you if it's custodied and used properly, that it's free from seizure, at least willful or unwillful seizure. Like if you're gonna fork over your Bitcoin, whether you're a country or an individual. If you have it custodied properly, like you have to be the one to make that decision. It's not that somebody can come up, point a gun to your head, and if you don't give into the fear, then they can pull the trigger and take the money. You can't do that with Bitcoin. It just it makes it makes war and violence less profitable, is the point. And it incent and through that it incentivizes more cooperation and free trade, which ever like making money crosses all cultural boundaries. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't know what you guys have to say about that, but no, I have a different take on that. And that Go is that I think it makes it um, over time. If we have hyper Bitcoinization, I think there's a possibility. This is the theory anyway, that it makes it uneconomic for state level warfare because uh, Bitcoin is unconfiscatable. So if you have a hyper-Bitcoinization, meaning people are storing the majority of their value in Bitcoin and not other bullshit, not bonds, not stocks, not real estate. And granted, look, there's a lot of people who would hear that and they're like, that ain't ever going to happen. We'll see. I think it'll de demonetize a lot of the monetary premium that's currently in these things for other reasons, but that's a completely different discussion. If it occurs... Right, where people are storing substantial quantities of value in Bitcoin, and Bitcoin is in fact unconfiscatable, that turns the taxation model upside down. If it's unconfiscatable, you can't force people to pay taxes. It becomes voluntary. If it becomes voluntary, how many people are going to agree to fork over uh, resources to fund these wars? How many? How many people do you really think Americans? Like, if you went to each individual one, and the IRS just changed the way they operate and said, okay. Uh, if you agree with the war in Ukraine, then you pay taxes this year. And if you don't agree, you don't pay taxes. How many people are going to pay taxes? Specifically, if it was really about Ukraine. I'm not saying people who would be like, yeah, I'm just going to do it so I don't have to pay taxes. No, I mean, seriously, if they had to. They tried this in Denmark with some services and they absolutely got unfunded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the whole oh, tax revenue would absolutely <laughs> fucking collapse. Well, I would I would also say the counter, uh, not the counter to your argument, but the a counter to that. Another point that people would bring up is like, well, what if they just taxed it? Yes, they're not, quote unquote, forcing you to hand it over, but you do like, oh, what are you go to jail? Like within the current system, there's still a benefit in the fact that they actually would have to increase taxes as opposed to now where you're not going to get reelected if you increase taxes. And so what they do is they just print the money anyway, which is the equivalent of it, but people don't understand it. So even if they were still to take your Bitcoin through the normal taxation process of like, we're going to put you in jail or pay. They, they can't. Even, no, no, I, I agree with you. But I'm just saying yeah, like a that, counterpoint that to that would be even if. Scenario. But even if they did, people still aren't going to support that system for the simple fact 
that you would actually have to raise taxes. You couldn't just print it. And so that alone would not be a winning move politically because people aren't going to support the raise in taxes. I don't think the mass taxation thing is, is a realistic scenario because it, I'm talking about if you have hyper Bitcoinization, right? Because if, if the only way you can get it is at the end of a gun and even at the end of a gun, people can say no. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I mean, people not, may not realize this, but with Bitcoin, you actually have to cooperate for them to get the Bitcoin. If you protect it correctly with self custody and cold storage. Right. Exactly. So if that is the case, um, what are they going to do? Like they just hired 89 or whatever the number, 89,000 IRS agents. What are they going to do? How many, how many taxpayers are there? 150 million, 200 million in America alone. How many, how many IRS agents do you need to go door to door threatening people with a gun? And then how many Americans are going to be like, yeah, screw you. Yeah. And then how many of those IRS agents are you going to have to replace yeah. because they got Oh, caught? because that's where we Easy. end that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be careful. We're already lightly. I said popped, guys. The algorithms aren't that smart. Yeah. You know, this this whole thing, I mean, uh there's there's some examples that are actually coming out of a country that have, have has implemented Bitcoin. That's uh El Salvador, right? Um I don't know if you guys know this, but I found it quite hilarious and, and very entertaining that when the government needs money in El Salvador. Uh, one of the things that they're doing is they're taking to the propaganda machines that you know that we know as mainstream, uh, and they're shaming large companies into paying more tax. So they just go on there and they're saying, "Hey, this is what they paid." You know, we've asked you know multiple times for this kind of thing, and now basically it's just public shaming in terms of taxes. <laughs> and at some point, you know, there's going to be some people that are like, well, "I'll take the public shame. I don't give a damn either way, yeah. as long as you know I can get my goods to market and we're having uh, peaceful exchange." I think that's up and up on a bitcoin standard when you want to see a woke company literally put their money where their mouth is or not do it publicly shame them for not doing it and then see what they're going to do when they yeah, don't have a sure bill gates and microsoft yeah let's see what you do when it's other people's how many money. you guys how many of you guys drink bud light right now <laughs> <laughs> to be fair i didn't before because yeah it's, shit. Nah, it's garbage so if you didn't know it was already gay, then you're just dumb. <laughs> just keep on drinking it. It's too I late. Pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> Probably don't really want them here anyway. Uh, if you're listening to this show, it's because you have thick skin anyway. Yeah, exactly. Some of those Bud Light drinkers are out there just giving their finger. This is the cheapest beer around right now. It's cheaper than PBR for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Jordan. The guy's dead to me. Yeah. Well, fuck you too, Wade. Dude, it's hilarious. <laughs> So I, I swung through Sturgis this year during Sturgis, which for people who don't know what Sturgis is, it's like a once a year event where lots of Harley riders, thousands and thousands, maybe tens of, I don't know how many, but it's a lot, descend on this one little town called Sturgis, South Dakota. And it's a gigantic party for like a week straight, right? And they have all of these roadside bars, basically. They're just open parking lots where you can roll in with your with your bike and just everybody's drinking and having a great time, right? Place is absolutely packed, except for the Bud Light bar. <laughs> Bud Light bar, and the whole fucking thing is empty. There's nobody in there, and there's dudes standing there ready to serve, and nobody's there. 
That's awesome. Like what a for a place that I imagine like you're just looking. It's so crazy there. You're just looking for a place where you can go get a beer, and you still are like, "No, nah, I don't need it that bad. I'll wait in line over here. <laughs> I'd rather die." You're not walking up in that crowd. That's for damn sure. You, 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 they're making. Well, and that's also like that's also a real signal, not only to, not only to Bud White and InBev who owns them. Um, but also just like the rest of the general market is like everybody was expecting Bud Light to just like do some like clever little like manipulations as far as like their marketing goes. And then they would just like take right off back for 4th of July, but they haven't. That's like, that's, that's a really strong signal to the rest of the, like the general American economy. It's like, Hey, quit it with this woke shit or you're going to lose a lot of money. And that's your lifeblood as far as a company goes. So, like, quit trying to impress upon us, like, your political ideologies and just do your goddamn the, the job, problem, which is making the product. problem is they have activist board members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you bring up a really good point, though, man. And I'm going to I'm going to bring us back around to um to what's going on over there in the Middle East right now. And the point is the power that people have over influencing um, decisions that are made by corporations, the power that we have to to crush them. I mean, this is just like people, you know, that normally spend their their fiat money on this swill of Bud Light, which has always been garbage, just my own personal thought. But um, but I mean, it's just, you know, it took a few million people to say, you know what, this is this. We're done with this. We're not playing your game. Keep this crap out of my face. Um, we're not going to buy your stuff anymore. You're going to become a pariah. Um, and, and look at what happened to them. Same thing happened yeah, with Target. They might as well just sell the company. Yeah. No, no Americans ever going to fucking buy Budweiser again. No, they're or, done. Or Target, right? Like, yeah. 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 Target anymore. They've lost but, billions. But look at what happens when people leverage their power. Okay, we have the power to be able to do this. And so what happens when we have more people that are becoming more powerful by owning more Bitcoin, okay, and then taking that leverage and then being able to influence the decisions. And I mean, even like literally drive people out of power that are currently in positions by defunding them entirely, by taking away their lifeblood and then piece by piece dismantling this system in a way that will make it so that war is no longer profitable. And for those that are the ones who are pushing this and driving it and ha and the MIC's got them in their pocket to remove these people from their power by strangling their lifeblood of their, of their fiat money by transferring our wealth into Bitcoin. And the more people we get, and I believe the term is hyper-Bitcoinization, hyper when we reach that point, that is when we have the power. And that is the importance of this. Um, and I'm bringing it back around the veterans, too. I mean, that's why it's so important that we get the right people on this mission that have yeah. the perspective yeah. needed and have that global perspective to, be, to, to have the desire to be on that mission, to make that type of global change and realize the importance of, OK, listen, man, this 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 money that that has been discovered, this real money is more than just money. It literally is power. And this is how we drive this this peaceful, peaceful revolution forward so we can avoid the profits, the, the, the need for these individuals to go out here and to profit from these wars that they keep on creating. And again, it's not about 
you know, whose side you're on. It's not about picking your fighter, you know, and it's not, you know, you know, who you thought, who you hope wins on American Idol. And I see these polls too. And I see people, you know, putting different flags in their profiles. It, it's, I don't know, man, give me a damn break because this <laughs> is reality. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, and the thing, man, the thing, I mean, the reality is violence will exist still. Okay. People are still going to hurt each other. People are still going to be just psychopaths and they're going to want to hurt other individuals, take what they have and hurt them. But like you said, Alex, um, state sponsored warfare is going to be extremely difficult for them to enact without the support of those who have the power, which is going to be as it should be the people. Yeah. Loose monetary policy. If you look at history, it's always loose monetary policy. It's the only way to conduct state level warfare in an extended way. However, I'm going to say one quick thing, man. I love the way veterans and military guys in general talk. Oh man, let's point out to the uh, the real brave virtue signaling by all these ridiculous fucking companies that are out there in America and I, I, let's just say the West, right? And during you know Pride Month and you know we're just they they can't bend over far enough to go out of their way and celebrate. You know, something that everybody accepts anyway. They, they weren't doing that prior to 2015. You know where else they're not doing it? They're not doing it in the Middle East. If you look across, you know, Arab states in terms of the Middle East, I don't care if it's Mercedes. I don't care if it's, you know, any of these organizations. Those organizations don't have anything to say about that in those areas because they're not actually brave. If they were actually brave, Right now, you'd hear from these guys. You'd hear from these guys at Walmart. You'd hear for, from them at the, the major organizations across the West calling for peace, not, not sitting there taking a side, not saying anything, but actually coming down on the side of those innocent people that are being affected by this. Figure it the fuck out. Stop doing this kind of stuff. Or, hey, man. You know, our organization, maybe we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do business with your organization or we're not going to donate anything politically to you guys. This is like when you look at, you know, who these boards are that we're trying to push everybody into vaccines and the mask that we're doing all this shit for the state on a fiat standard versus, you know, where we are now, like those cowards across America have absolutely, you know, sold out. And I think. I think to, to Gabe's point, this changes. You go into a Bitcoin standard and that value, that signal. I know, you know, from being over at uh, in California last week, you know, this this whole organization out there was for the little guy. They were for peace. They were for this. And to see how that's going to drive narratives later on, to see how that's going to uh, you know push you know people, especially men, to say something, to speak up whether it's popular or unpopular in those times of when it really matters, I think that's going to be an amazing thing as culture changes around this hyper Bitcoinization. God damn. Right. I miss talking to you guys. <laughs> this is fucking good shit. You got to show up. Oh shit. All right. There's a question from Old Salt in the uh, YouTube chat that I think we should address. I got it. Let me pull it up here. What is the panel's assessment that the draft will be reactivated, including women? Is that the one, Alex? Yeah, that's the one. I think it'll be a very, 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 very stupid decision. Because, like, 
regardless of the fact that we have no business being over there anyway. I'm assuming the draft has, is pertaining to either Ukraine or Israel or both. Just well, part look of, at the look at the look be. at look at the public health problem in the U.S. We would literally be sending obese cattle to slaughter, and the majority of our population is already beholden to pharmaceuticals on a daily basis. So, like one or two of those makes you undeployable. Both of them together. Why don't you just throw them in the freaking slaughterhouse with the pigs and the cattle and save like save all the time and the money and like the the heartbreak? Don't go to YouTube. <laughs> just for you know that that one you know what that makes me think of you know that one scene in the movie Wally yep. where there's two really fat people in there. My all time favorite movie. <laughs> the levitating thing and they're kind of cruising down the thing and they're slurping something. Shane, you should get a picture of that and just have it on standby. So anytime this topic comes up, bam. <laughs> I'm on it. Well, and the best part is like, in, like from like, say the, the Wally example is that all the people there, they just respond to what's what they're told on the screen. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, yeah. blue is it? Blue is the new red. Everybody yeah. instantly changes their outfit to be blue. Yeah. So I think one of the reasons why uh, old salt asking this question is, is that recruiting is, is really bad from the military we talked about this in a previous episode of bitcoin veterans so the military is having a very difficult time maintaining manning strength because pff, <laughs> most patriotic americans don't want to join the military you know right what now. they need first they need a depression because that's how they did world war ii mm -hmm. you got the roaring 20s because the roaring 20s came from the federal reserve and then you got the great depression because of the roaring 20s and then what pulled us out of the Great Depression? World War II and sending all of our boys overseas. Did we, did we do a draft in World War II? Yes. Yeah. Like did big time. The biggest draft ever. Does yeah. anybody know what the numbers were? I'd find out. It was every like. Was drafted and he was 20, almost 25 years old when he was drafted. Imagine every military aged male just leaving the country to go do to go work for the government overseas and not only that go through the grinder man i mean you 10 look, million you look at vietnam wait you know, we 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 drafted 10 million people in world 50 war million were inducted 10 million were became part of the military yeah wow. and i think that's something interesting to point out is the is the add-on question that we have about the including women i think we should highlight that because um you know during those times women were not subject to the draft and so we have had a, a, a huge shift in our uh culture in america anyway um where you know it, it's it's all about okay everybody equal you know equal opportunity all these things which okay great fine whatever um and the thing is you know that's going to have to include not only okay i want equal treatment for the good things i want to be able to compete in whatever sport i want no matter what gen what gender i am but also okay when it comes time if there is an imminent threat and you know the military doesn't have people signing up you know i think it's likely that, that they would go to the draft and it really depends on how far okay. they want to push this war but it's going to have to be open to everybody um because if you want you know if you want the you know i guess the the privilege or the benefit or the whatever then when it's time for people to, okay, we're going to put you in boots, whether you want to be in boots or not, it's going to have to be lottie dotty everybody. 
Okay, a politically incorrect poll right now. Straight up, how many of you guys think it's a bad idea for women to be in the military? Bad idea. Uh, uh, it depends on what. I don't give a damn about their opinions. It's a bad idea. You guys, you guys can like you guys are married. You kind of have to, but like I, I don't give a flying. Nobody fuck. has to do shit. Stop putting. <laughs> fair, okay, fair enough. I'm just you know I'm catering to the to the married men here, but the idea of intermixing women into the military specifically Dude, for combat roles is a bad idea. Look at the fucking chat. You've got all these veterans in the chat who are like bad idea, bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. Bad Maybe idea. They, the only people that think it's a good idea are the women and the women that have not seen combat or had to pick up a 200 pound man. This was from a long time ago. Okay, granted, I was in the military a long, long time ago. However, bro, I, I was there when they first started introducing women onto U.S. naval sh warships. Not a good idea. Right. You get pregnant a lot, dude. Yeah, imagine that. We we used to we used to turn we used to call it the love boat. Yeah, all right. Because when you get all these women together in a small kind of a ship's a fairly small environment, right? All of their um, menstrual cycles synchronize. Yep. So you have like this one week if you're out to sea, where all of the females simultaneously are on their period, and it's like crazy it's it's a crazy environment right and then there's this one part of their menstrual cycle where they're the hormones make them more what's they're the ovulating they're the hormones are more interest interested in in like getting together with the opposite sex yeah. so you would have this one week period of time where it would be like ah, it's the love boat it smells like, funny in the hallways or, or down in in the lower decks and to to, to alex's point um we actually had these thermal devices even back then and we would uh. we we knew what was going on and it was sometimes very dark down there so instead of uh instead of you know prying we just got out the the technology and we were like yep there 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 i mean all at the same time and may, maybe this is too much but there's there maybe needs to be some <laughs> Some levity in uh, in this conversation tonight because war stories are great even if you're not at war. Um, there was this there was this one, there's one incident uh, where one of my gunnery sergeants had to go sit on uh, on mass and mass basically on ship is you get written up for something being dumb whatever it is uh, UCMJ type of warning you you go sit before a board on on ship and so he sat before this board and a female uh sailor had gotten caught uh servicing some male sailors a bunch of them and you know she was she was raking in the dollars for it so instead of just being like yeah yeah you know what i did it and uh you know it, it was part of my thing uh she actually claimed to be a wiccan a witch if you will uh oh, yeah course. in front of in front of the entire board no accountability. The board it's, is, it's is like a, it's a religious. She's looking for a religious exemption of yeah. some sort. So like the board is sitting there going, "All right, I, I, we don't. We obviously we're not witches. We don't understand what, what, what you're out. talking about." They're trying not to crack up because she's been, you know, blowing the entire ship, and <laughs> now she has the the honesty and audacity to say, "I had to pull the demons out of them." 
And oh wow, she's, yep. <laughs> she's doing wow. a service. Apparently, the mass was uh, concluded for a moment, or at least uh, adjourned, while the guys sent Milking her to the, the hallway and wow. had a good laugh. Man, talk about going down with a ship. People laughing on the ship, going down on the ship. This oh, is completely yeah, right. common. And, and to to that point, like you know, the the idea of having you know females in <laughs> in the military. Look, there there might be some good admin jobs for them. Like, got to get people paid. But I'll tell you right now. This was not my first experience because when we were in Iraq the first time in 2003, there was an entire prostitute organization happening inside of, you know, the sand bunkers that we had built. And most of those women ended up pregnant and going home or getting caught with tens of thousands of dollars. There, from- there was there was back in 2017 Ooh, nice. when I was mobilizing, there was a unit that got busted with a prostitution ring in Fort Hood before they went overseas. They got reprimanded. By the way, those sergeants that were leading that prostitution ring, they were female. And then they got overseas and joined us, and they did it again. And they got busted. And they did it again. A bad (laughs) idea is a very light statement. We are so getting kicked off of YouTube. Yeah, no doubt. And I do just want to add, I mean, I I think that there there could be – perhaps an intelligent way to offer opportunities for most people that meet the standard to serve in the military in some capacity or another. Yeah. However, I think that, you know, in the, in these isolated situations or especially, you know, in combat arms types of (laughs) nice in combat arms types of type of environments (laughs) where, um, you know, I mean, just think about, you know, the, the male mentality, you know, it's, you know, when they're, when they're in combat, when they're faced with, with, you know, the potential for death. Okay. They're going to, they're going to kill stuff. They're going to, you know, the stuff that they don't kill, they're going to, you know, take the spoils of war. Um, there's a, there's a highly charged, aggressive environment that's going on there and it, it can be dangerous for people, um, you know, who, who may tend to be the recipients well, of that type and, of aggression. And Gabe, to that point, like we can kind of wrap this back into like some of the woke bullshit that's been going on too. It's like with all like the transitionary stuff over the last couple of years, um, a lot, I've noticed that a lot of women who have seen the testimonials of women that were preparing to transition and these women talk about how they get exposed to the low level of testosterone that the average male has on a consistent basis. They're like, I had no idea. Like, I'm either pissed off 24-7 or I want to fuck everything. <laughs> and it's and it's like, welcome to being a man, honey. Like, you have to learn how to just, like, contain that crap. Because, and like, the the rage is the worst part. Right. Because, like, I don't know if you guys remember when you're like when you're a teenager, like all that fresh testosterone, like the rage is probably the hardest part to control. And like, I think it's I think it's specifically hard for for women to understand that is like when you get into like what Gabe's talking about, you get into like the highly charged environments where guys feel like they're literally about to jump out of their own skin because they're so highly charged with either a combination of rage and testosterone or fear. It's like that's not an environment like you ladies want to be in. Like that's not an environment that us men want to see you ladies in. Like it's just it's, 
it's just a painful reality. Like I get it. You want to be a part of the fight. You want to be a Valkyrie woman, but is that a Boston yeah. accent I detect? Wicked good. Gabriel. Wicked good BJ. That is the icing on the cake for this show, man. We yeah. we've hit the, the pinnacle. It's all downhill from here. Oh man. <laughs> We're downhill for a long time, bro. Yeah. Nah, we're all we're uphill. Everything's uh, great. Hey, Everybody um, wants to be up. Let's in, instead of being down and, and talking about all this uh, down stuff. Um, I think I think it's good time to transition back into uh, Pacific Bitcoin. You know, uh, we're man over the course of last week and last weekend. This this darkness that was pervading the world, that vibe. Mike, it, it, I, I felt it, man. I, I know exactly where you were at, and I'm, I'm, I see it back out here now that I'm, I'm away from it. But last week's vibe around all those people, I mean, Jordan, Gabe, Alex, I mean, you guys can attest, like, it was electric. I mean, just supercharged. The, there's love, this, you know, acceptance, this wanting to learn, these deep conversations, new relationships, networking uh that was that was going on and that, man you want to talk about power in bitcoin the network effect within bitcoin from people meeting people joining people working together helping one another whatever it is that network effect is palpable i mean you could just you can see it going on in real time and the expressions wash over people i mean as soon as they meet they can have these really amazing conversations and you know most of them aren't about bitcoin whatsoever it's 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 such a refreshing scene to see yeah i just can't believe you guys cheated on me and had mickey part of the stage <laughs> Fucked up, dude. I felt dirty <laughs> anybody new to the show is like mickey looks different in real life <laughs> Yeah. it was really good by the way i want to i want to say to you oh, yeah. guys um you did real well on that panel i i uh i had a lot of feedback from that there were that was impactful on people there were a lot of veterans in that crowd that didn't know what we were doing and they were like holy shit yeah it was awesome yeah there were yeah, and there was a moment I think Alex, when you would, um, you know, ask, you know, who's whoever's in the crowd, you know, it's like, you know, put up your, put up your fist, and there was a bunch of fists up in the air, man. Um, it was it was pretty cool. Uh, it was at see. least half the audience. Yeah, it was Dang. it was awesome, and um, yeah, I mean, the people that were there was just, you know, I mean, the coolest thing was, you know, I got some, I got three free bags of coffee. I was like, man, this, this entire <laughs> event is a success. I got three bags of coffee. <laughs> now I don't know if anybody else had a hard time getting through the airport with that, but uh, they definitely, yeah. Oh yeah. They, Cause yep. it's, you know, in those foil bags, man, they busted my stuff open like crazy. The guy was like, like I'm going to take some of this. Your coffee bags. And exactly. it's funny. They act like we got to test this to make sure it's not a bomb. And it's like, motherfucker you're testing it to see if it's weed i know what you're doing and it's not weed so fuck because as soon as they they're like because the tsa is like this is definitely weed i'm taking it yeah i know it's a common trick for like smuggling is like to stuff a bag down into a coffee bag because the smell of the coffee can you imagine how much how much how much free weed the tsa agents collect i don't think they take much I really don't. I don't I think, think it's like ninety nine point nine percent makes it through. Yeah, the the red teams, <laughs> yeah. the the red teams actually get you know the the really terrible stuff like grenades and bombs and pistols and, and kilos of heroin. 
Yeah. Well, well you yeah. know what pisses me off about that whole thing is, is that a I I feel it's unconstitutional. And now they've got around it with certain fucking legal loopholes or whatever. I don't care. It's 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 um thanks a lot, Obama. It's offensive to people's to Americans' personal dignity. And that's the reason I don't like it. And uh yeah, it's just nonsense. And to me, it's a racket. They're like, just hey, like how we can't bring we're gonna, we're gonna, back from war. We're gonna shame you and make you take your fucking shoes off and your clothes off, and we're gonna feel you up in front of all these other people. And the only way around it is, by the way, to pay us 150 bucks or 200 bucks or wherever the fuck it is to get your TSA pre-check every year. And you hey, still get held up. It's a racket. Yeah, you, and you, you still can get have, held up. You can have clear, you can have pre-check, you can have whatever it is, and they will still randomly select you and fill you up. Dude, when when Jordan told me about his experience, about how he makes it fucking embarrassing for everybody, I do the same thing. I'm like, as loud as possible. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah right there. right. Oh, yes, right there. A little higher. Oh, take me on a date. For yes. Like, fucking, What's your name? Like, weird everybody looks at it and, like, shaking their head. Like, oh, man. So the ver- your mom now? So the verbatim wordage was, Sir, please turn around. We need to do this from behind. And I said, thank you. That's my best. That's that's how I like it. And I just said that nice and loud. That's how I like it. That's how I like it. I'm like, why would you wear it that way? Is that what the book said? Is that like the policy? Like you have to you have to word it this way. And somebody just put that in to the policy as like a troll. I hope so. So, needless to say, we had a good time out of PP. Mm-hmm. Mike, w- wish, wish you were there, man. Um, uh, special- yeah, you guys aren't allowed to have fun without me. <laughs> special shout out to uh, Chloe. She made us some amazing shirts. I think Alex and Gabe are actually both rocking them right now. It says, get on the mission in the front. And then on the back, it's got Bitcoin beat fiat on the back. It's got a, a bull, I think. And Chloe came up to me while I was at the booth there, Alex, and... You know, I don't think she had found anybody else yet. And she just showed me this shirt and said, hey, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an army vet and, or a, a vet's kid. And I've been hanging around uh, down in uh, Fort Benning for a long time. Watch your show. You guys really, really have just hit the nail on the head for me. Like I've been looking for a group like this for a long time. And she she went so far out of her way to not only design a t-shirt but actually you see it through and then bring it to the west coast yeah. for us i mean incredible. incredible person to be able to do something like that i mean almost like if, if i was a crier i definitely would have broke down and maybe shed a tear you guys weren't there to see it but um the yeah i, I was really i was i was moved to the point where i was like hey let me come out from behind here let me give you a hug and you know track her down later to actually get the t-shirt but w- what a what a fantastic you know organization and, and i think to your point, Gabe, earlier, you know, one of the things that I don't think maybe we've even told, uh, you know, this group out here is what fantastic job. The Bitcoin Veterans Group and the things that are going on behind the scenes. Um, I mean, Gabe's got Operation Bitcoin, which is kind of a skill share. What we're trying to do is transition guys out of the military and into Bitcoin, uh, give them all sorts of, you know, amazing skills and use some of the the fiat madness to help us do that. There's Brave, the post-traumatic stress mission that I'm running. Uh, Mike's thinking about uh, Bitcoin veteran security. Jordan's doing a lot with, you know, our production. And then you've got all the guys on the outside that are just, you know, 
along and hey if, if we're interested in it let's let's move something like production yeah, don't forget about citadels homeschool guys like there's a lot of yeah. dudes who are very serious about helping people oh, basically yeah. prepare for resilience we'll take yeah. you out we'll teach you survival stuff just all of that and this is cracking yeah I mean, it's growing so fast that now we are looking into other ways to channel and organize and so hats off to this crowd. I mean, what an amazing group of people that is coming together, that's co, you know, I say coalescing, but is just laser focused on this mission. And the fact that you've got guys with skills, the guys that love liberty, they love the idea of America, they love the idea of the Bill of Rights and, and, and just this sovereignty of the individual coming together with those skills and taking action, which they're great at, and then organizing and holding each other accountable to get it done. Unbelievable group. Thank you guys that are out there for, for helping us and showing up. And I mean, let's, let, I mean, seriously, take a second. Obi, uh, thank you for not only being here, but for showing up out there. Uh, mm -hmm. Wade was out there uh, and, and and thanks to Wade and Jordan. I, I sat down with Jordan and he pulls out this giant marker and he says, this is for you. And I was like, you bastards. So for you, know, like for making us laugh, uh, Mike and from, from New Hampshire and the rest of those, that the crew that came down, man, there were so many people we ran into out there, uh, that were, that have been part of this since day one that showed up and have been showing up. Thank you guys a million well, times. We gotta, we gotta give a big shout out to Dr. Uh, Nick Amoto in the chat. Yeah. Because yeah. he's helping big time with the website stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All of you guys that showed up at Pacific Bitcoin and you came up and you said hi and you introduced yourselves. It was awesome meeting all of you. Appreciate your support. Appreciate what you're what you guys are doing. Totally full of a bunch of freedom loving action oriented dudes and gals. Let's go, man. On the damn mission. By the way, smash that like button. If you if you enjoy the show, subscribe and smash the like button. We want to propagate this with the uh the algorithm so we can get this in front of more people, as many as possible. Yep. Hell yeah. And I'm mad at everybody, not just the Bitcoin veterans, all of the Bitcoin veterans, like not just the Bitcoin veterans on stage, but all of you Bitcoin veterans that had fun without me in Pacific Bitcoin. I'm <laughs> mad at all of Bro, you. We, we actually shouted you out live on the stage of the Bitcoin veterans segment. I, I call I, I mentioned you as one of the founding men, members of the Bitcoin veterans podcast. And like we all poured a drink out for you. At, yeah, uh, drink into our stomachs. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say you wasted good whiskey. Don't tell me that. No, we didn't miss you that much. <laughs> no, yeah. but I think there were some tears that were shed somewhere, probably. But, uh, um, maybe, but but yeah, Doctor yeah. Nick, yeah, man, killing it with the website design. Um, yeah, I want to give a shout out to Jordan too, man, um, for organizing the the peer to peer run. Um, it was the first inaugural. <laughs> Um, peer to peer run. We ran from Venice, uh, fishing pier up to the pier in Santa Monica. Um, we had a, we had a turnout of a few of us. Um, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of, uh, yeah. a little bit of fear from some, some folks and that's cool. But Gabe, we had Gabe was a fucking legend. He turned up in his PT uniform <laughs> with his safety belt. <laughs> you wore the PT. You wore the belt of he, invulnerability. Oh yeah. He had the PT oh yeah. belt with the Bitcoin <laughs> Veterans yeah. logo on it. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah, I was ready to pull road guard duty if we needed it, man. So, <laughs> got to be safe. But we had to pull him up to fend off a few homeless people here and there. But we we were hurtling over the homeless a little bit, man. It's all right. Not that it's a laughing matter, but uh, it, it was it was an interesting run. But man, uh, shout out to Coin Father. Um, 
man, I mean, we ran, it was, it was about three miles and that, that man is a trooper. And so, um, man, it was, it was good. We had a couple of, there you go. Yeah. We had a, we had a couple of studs out there doing the thing and, um, we did it. So that was the first one next go around, uh, keep your ears open and we're going to, we're going to get more of us out there. And we're going to keep on doing this thing. So it was a cool challenge, man. Thanks for setting that up. Yeah, maybe we next do, time we can do an obstacle course. We should do two levels. Like you should do like a a, a out of shape superstars and, and broke dicks. Kind of out of shape and <laughs> That's the name now. We got to go with it. <laughs> level, like you know, and then you should do like a fucking CrossFit level Murph kind of challenge. Ooh. Yeah, one of the guys wanted to stop it at the muscle at the Venice Beach pull up bars and do all that stuff, and it was um, that that wasn't gonna happen so well, notice like, the meeting, morning right? of nobody mentioned like, it nobody was like we ran right past him. <laughs> yeah do you like a mini murph not a full murph yeah a uh, special invite to to wade and winston who are out in the crowd right now on twitter spaces you guys want to come up i'm throwing you guys an invite by the way for for bitcoin 2020 2024 in nashville we're going to do a range day. We're looking at locations right now. We might actually have to build a range. I don't know where we're at on that, Jordan, but we're trying to find a private property that we can do this on. We're going to have multiple uh, instructors, prior military. Some of these guys are, are special operations dudes. So we're going to have at least three special operations guys there. It's going to be fucking awesome. And we're going to break it into cohorts. So people who are brand new, absolute beginners, don't know much about shooting. We're going to step you through all the fundamentals. And then we're going to break out intermediate and more advanced shooters for, for faster kind of progression stuff. But it's going to be a damn good time. Looking forward to that. That would be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Not too far away. July, I think July 7th next year is uh, that time frame. Oh. No negligent discharges. Negli negligent discharge earns you a uh, one-way trip off the range. Shit coin. Control your discharge. <laughs> and you own you owe a case of beer. Yeah, all of the Ooh, There you go. And we make Nothing fun light. of it. So, and we uh, publicly humiliate you. <laughs> let's get some highlights, guys, from uh, from PB. Like what what were the, the big moments that stood out to you at Pacific Bitcoin? I think somebody mentioned it earlier with like the all the fists going up in the crowd. I couldn't believe how many veterans there were that showed up either because they had already known about us or like just like veterans that were already going knew nothing about us and saw veterans giving us a, a speech and were like, I got to show up and see what they're talking about. And so we got to meet a whole lot of people that are already out there like on missions that we I'm really looking forward to working with them, like talking about what they're doing, help support their projects. Like there's a shit we, we can basically have a, we can have commercials right here for veteran Bitcoin companies. And like, like talk about these guys cause they're out there already doing great things and spreading the Bitcoin message. And like, look at what the, look at what the incentives have created. Like we don't need to, we, we are not even trying to get paid to have like a sponsorship, right? It's just like, we could sit here and talk about it. Now, me and Gabe did get some free coffee. I don't know if anybody else got some. So, you know, we're getting a little bit of a kickback here. Damn. Uh, Working the system. <laughs> bring some up. But, you know, it's things like that, that we can really start helping the veteran community. But also, like, if we're working with, 
Operation Bitcoin and getting looking for jobs for guys as they get out. It's like we have we're, we have contacts with all these different industries. We can help you find a job in the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. The opportunities for, for collaborating with one another, just, I mean, that's one thing that, that, uh, I don't know, man, I, I walked away just kind of, it, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, that the, the folks, the veterans that came up to us afterward and just, you know, they were like, man, this is awesome. I, I mean, how did I miss this? This is so freaking cool. This is the best part of the whole. And, you know, and then, like you said, telling us about their own individual missions and just, you know, hearing about the stuff that they're doing and they want to jump in and they want to be a part of it. And it's like, all right, well, come on, man, well, let's get you plugged in because I mean, that that's what this group is doing already. I mean, you've got some hard chargers out here that are just, you know, they're, they're, oh, there's so much happening right now in this group of people. And it just, you know, it, 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 it astonishes me, man, to think about what's going to happen as we continue to grow. Because imagine what that what that force of people looks like and what can be accomplished when we take all that energy out there and we're able to 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 tie it all in together and to channel that into positive ways that that are all going to contribute to this mission that we're all on. It's just it's awesome. Um, and so yeah, I, I'd say that was a big highlight of of the whole event too. That and just you know having conversations with people that you know, that, that I'm used to seeing on, on YouTube videos or, you know, seeing on their, on their own productions and just, you know, sitting to the side with them and just talking to them and, you know, connecting with them and just, you know, the most humble people, um, and just connecting with them and hearing their stories and, you know, just getting that different insight with them. It was just awesome. I mean, the event, I mean, it was just the way that it's set up is very, you know, if, 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 for those that haven't been, it's set up to be very, um, it's very interpersonal, you know, there's just, a, there's just so much opportunity just to, you know, walk up and talk to people. Um, and it was, I thought it was, it was badass that and tip NZ, her performance. Oh my God. Yeah. That was, it, it was, it epic. was awesome. And I think it's out there on YouTube now, but, um, check Dude, it if out. You, if you looked around the crowd at when tip NZ did her first, very first live performance, you look around the crowd at the end, there was a standing ovation. You look around, there's fucking tears streaming down people's face everywhere. It's, it was it powerful. Was, it was epic. Hell yeah. All right, I'm going to share. So I work at Swan, so I have some kind of inside information on feedback because we get a lot of feedback on this kind of stuff, right? And I'm, what I'm about to say may sound a little weird, but it's 100% legit. And that is most conferences industry things where you go to they're boring as fuck people hate them you know like you walk around you go around the booths and you're like you stand 10 feet back because you don't want these assholes talking to you you collect all the stupid shit that you end up throwing away at the end of the conference i mean it's a complete fucking waste of time nobody wants to listen to the speakers people look <laughs> watch like good fucking god i can't believe my company sent me here i can't wait to go home my fear right? that's your typical <laughs> conference in any industry pick an industry Right. So here's the difference. Like to me, the big thing is, it's the people. It's the people. I will tell you that we had this feedback from multiple people who basically said, and these are, these are people who are not Bitcoiners. This is like the wife of a Bitcoiner who came to the conference because the husband bugged the fuck out of her to come. <laughs> not interested in Bitcoin, right? Multiple examples of people who are not Bitcoiners. But they come to the conference 
or they come to the festival, they spend a couple of days hanging out with all these people who are super fucking hopeful, super optimistic, and just full of love. And I'm not kidding when I say this. Multiple people said they walked away and it was a spiritual experience for them. I bet. No hyperbole. And these are people who are not Bitcoiners. They were like, you know what? I thought Bitcoin or Bitcoin was just some fucking investment that my husband or my uh, my other person would not shut up about. But I went to this thing and I saw the hearts of the people. And this is why I'm interested in this thing. I don't know what it is. I don't understand Bitcoin yet, but I'll tell you what. I'm interested in hanging out with these people more because they are way more optimistic, way more hopeful, way more positive and way more full of love than anybody else I know. So oh, they're actually the doing shit. They're smoking or they're on. I want some of it. <laughs> I'm coming back to find out more. Well, and the big thing, the big thing is that they're having a spiritual experience in an environment that is not perceived to be spiritual. Right. Yeah. Because that's part of that's part of the problem is that like the only place that you find spirituality now is either in churches or with the hippies. And even right. then, it's questionable in churches nowadays. Oh, yeah. You should yeah. definitely be questioning your churches. Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Well, and what is and the like, what is the purpose of spirituality? For most people, it's to find the truth. And I think that humans are innately wired to have that in them, that, that thing of faith that keeps us going or something. Um, and I think part of that is just we're searching for what the truth is. And when so much of the society is just breaking down and, and just rotten to find something that everyone is just talk, just trying to talk about the truth. And it's, you realize how much all this other bullshit goes away. You're all focused on just trying to fucking learn and get better. Well, and it's, it's nice to just be, cause like I can say as far as from my, like, because literally before I found Bitcoin, I was a I was pretty damn nihilistic, and it's like it, it is a it is a bit of a I would I guess that's probably the most accurate way to describe it. It is a bit of a spiritual thing when you go from being a nihilistic individual or being in a nihilistic position, and then getting around people that are not only optimistic, but they're doing shit about it, which is like really rare in Western society nowadays, most people are just like, ah, well, I, you know, I'm nihilistic. I can't do anything about it. So I'm just going to go home, watch Netflix, take a bunch of drugs and probably just masturbate. Cause I'm alone. Right. Cause like, that's, that's what the majority of the population is doing, whether it's men or women, like <laughs> it's just, so like being around Bitcoiners is just like, it is literally the ray of light in the middle of a dark cave. We got a uh, we got Wade out there in uh, Twitter Spaces, man. If you want to come off of mute and maybe give us your highlight uh, while you were out there, um, you know, please please feel free to do so. Uh, I met Wade uh, while we were out there. Just a, a hysterically funny guy, made me laugh multiple <laughs> times, busting my balls. And I, I that's the thing is like this is the kind of crowd that I, I really enjoy. I don't know if Wade can hear me or not, but. If he's not going to join in, then you know we'll just we'll just chalk it up. There, there he is. Oh, no, he's just he just switched back to listener. Damn it. Anyway, I guess <laughs> Mike, I like what you're saying, man. I, I think I said something similar on the panel. Um, it was one of those things. Oh, Coinfather's 
going to take his place, I think. So let's add him as a speaker. Um, Coinfather, when uh, when when you're ready, man, Coinfather, go ahead and come off of mute and uh, share a little bit with us because you were all over the place. I mean, seeing your your big smile, man, it was it was pretty cool. I just want to say it was amazing talking to you guys. I got a lot of insight on where I want to go when I get out of the military for my field. So, and, and it was just, just amazing to have that one-on-one conversations with a lot of you. I didn't get to talk to Alex much, but maybe next time he was really busy, but I just want to say it was great. And seriously, if anybody else is thinking about going to PV next time, next year, I highly suggest trying to make that trek out there. It, it was just amazing. It was not like a typical conference, man. It, it, and not once was the price of Bitcoin brought up at all, which was great. And uh, people there is just nothing but love. And met uh, two veterans that live 15 miles away down the street. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. God, I love this kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Coinfather, um, absolutely awesome to meet you, man. And uh, thanks for coming out, Wade. Uh, actually, Wade's now requested to see if he can straighten this shit out before we, we wrap this thing up. Um, Fix your shit, Wade. God damn it, Wade. What are you doing? <laughs> get, get your life together. We're replacing, you, we're replacing yeah. Carl with Wade. Go ahead, Wade. <laughs> Carl. There was, like, coming from a guy who's been to a lot of concerts, like, all the way back to Woodstock 94. Like, you always go, and there's fights, and there's drama, and, and there was zero toxicity. And I walked out of there so high. I'm still high. <laughs> the, you know, and it, it spreads. Like, you know, we had our, we had two classes since we got back, Bitcoin classes for MPB. And it's like, people, all, they're just asking me questions about what it was, what it was like, what it was about. We've got probably seven or nine people going from Alaska to um, Nashville next year already. Jesus. People are just excited. Nice. So, you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't know what it's going to be like in Nashville, but Jordan's going to be there. So <laughs> we have a place to go have a expect a chaos at that point. But, um, we're going we're gonna to do a Bitcoin veterans uh, get gathering in Nashville, by the way, as well. <clears throat> It'll be just Bitcoin veterans and our families and our crew and whoever we invite. But uh, it'll be our own party. And it's going to be friggin' awesome. Dude, and I haven't even told, like, you guys yet what my plans are with that. Like, <laughs> like this shit is going to be awesome. I can't wait to be surprised. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to even keep you guys under wraps. And I'll be like, look, like, you have a free ticket. You're whatever. This is just just show up. Just show up. Yeah. I'll probably let you in on it. At I'm kind of scared. Yeah, I, I'm going to say a little bit of me is doing this right now, but that's all right. <laughs> um, hey. I, I also work for Swan guys and, and got to have a backstage pass. Um, let, let me, first of all, heap a ton of praise on this crowd. Uh, Swan has grown and it's grown quite a bit over the last year. Um, I think they've doubled in size. Uh, I think it was what Corey was saying during our, um, during our meetup prior to the amount of work, the amount of, you know, just absolute grinded out, make stuff happen. The amount of skill and expertise that is brought to bear on Pacific Bitcoin. I've been to multiple Bitcoin conferences now, and I always leave, you know, with a new friend, at least I, I, I leave learning something new. 
this time around being around the Giants, and I've, I've told a lot of people this, is, you know, I showed up to Forrester Reconnaissance a long time ago, um, and you go from being the stud to just a new guy, you know, an FNG, basically. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I felt very much the same way in the presence of these Giants that have been there, they've done it, they've got the T-shirt, they've written you know, the, the book on what we're doing and are writing the book. They are absolutely, you know, going out of their way to destroy the, the narrative. Um, Pacific Bitcoin is something special. And I mean that in terms of it is a extremely high level production where at the same time you have access. You have access to, you know, some of the, the greatest minds, the greatest names in Bitcoin and the best part about it is not so much what's going on stage that you can watch, you know, on YouTube later. It's that network effect in the background. And so first and foremost, my my absolute gratitude uh, to everybody at Swan for for everything that they do, the energy that they put into it, the sleeplessness, the traveling, the grinding it out and doing all of the, uh, you know, I, you know, they, they hate this term in, in corporate America, un, unsexy stuff, right? Like if it's not sexy, it doesn't sell. But I'm going to tell you right now, the the passion and the love that they do this with each other for everybody else is, is something to behold. So that's my first praise and, and, you know, kind of seeing behind the scenes what it is. Let me tell you guys, if you can't get to Bitcoin, you know, if you didn't get to uh, Pacific Bitcoin this year, mark your calendars next year. I don't care if you miss Nashville. I don't care if you miss BitBlock Boom. I don't care if you miss, you know, all these other organizations that you're putting on. This is one of the most pure, high-level Bitcoin conferences I've ever been to. Uh, the the feeling, the the activities that are going on all around this event, uh, not to mention the the ones that are going on with this event, are next level. And people don't people don't get to see what that is. If you think Bitcoin is what you invest in and what's going to just change culture, show up to one of these, and I guarantee you, it will change your perspective, and it will be almost like a pilgrimage that you make once a year. And I'm not saying this in terms of, you know, being religious or spiritually, but I'm talking about a people that need to be together, getting together, networking, changing the world for the better, doing it out of the, the, the goodness of their heart without the force and coercion with the best incentive structure that man's ever known. And I challenge each and every one of you, maybe put away a little bit of, of coin to do something like this. And for the, the naysayers that say, you know, this is, you know, the, the conferences are for the rich people. Guess what? A lot of these people who are reinvesting now that have made their, their money in Bitcoin that say, hey, you know, I've got enough Bitcoin and now I need to take a lot of that and I need to reinvest it into this industry, into this ecostructure and into human beings. Um, that's happening and that's happening at these types of events and where the signal is strongest, where there's not shit coinery going on, where they have kept it pure. It is happening at a much greater rate, an exponential, if not parabolic rate. So I, I definitely encourage you to do those things. And just thanks to the entire team over there for being welcoming, uh, for putting on something that's it's immensely, um, you know, something you can be proud of. And I, I just I am over the moon to be associated with the, the people of this organization. Um, it's it's incredible. So I, I, I guess, you know, unless there's any other parting shots, thank you guys for all making that journey. Uh, thanks for everybody in the crowd that's made that journey. Thanks for everybody that's supporting this movement. Uh, everybody out there in Twitter spaces, YouTube, Facebook, um, you know, 
keep recruiting, keep smashing the like button, you know, share this with as many people as possible. That way we can get people that we've been, you know, trying to reach these veterans that need to remove themselves from the, the nihilistic perspective to get them on the mission. That was the original mission, protecting their fellow Americans, the, the love for their fellow human beings, the education piece, the, I mean, and just the overall sovereignty piece, that, that, that idea that you can own property and nobody in this world has any right to that, but you, I mean, oh, that man. is what Bitcoin veterans is all about. So go tell a friend, go tell a buddy, bring them to one of these, and then let's get them on the mission as well. I'm uh, I'm tickled to death to be joined again by Jordan, Mike Hobart, Gabe, Alex Stanzik. Uh, thank you gentlemen for being the, the consummate professional. Shane. Go ahead, one, Mike. One, one, one thing that I want to want to add on top of that send off that you just gave. Guys, if like if you're I would personally rather see you guys get out there and spread the signal as far as like just waking people up It like maybe push the Bitcoin stuff to the side a little bit and just get people to realize the games that are being played with regards to these wars, like wake them the fuck up to that first. That's probably the most important especially the friends of yours that friends and family members that are annoyingly engaging in all of like the contributing to the hype and the outrage machine. <clears throat> Cause that's like, like you got to first like expose the game before you can start pulling them over to like the, the solution, which we oh, know yeah. is Bitcoin, but let's do go. that first. Shane, I'm fired up, bro. Let's go get on. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Oh, next week, ladies and gents, Wednesday, there will be a special from this weekend and what's going down. Details will be leaked next week about what's what that is. I am looking forward to what's about to happen out here on uh, Liberty Bitcoin Mountain. I don't know what I'm going to call it, but it's going to be fucking awesome. You guys are sick. Thank you guys in the audience for everything. Keep spreading the word. Bitcoin veterans, peace. We're out. Damn, that was fucking good. Yeah. Man, there really is something to like the fucking energy that you get from something like that. Maybe it like taps into like spirituality or whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was like I was I would get back to the house and like, you know, go to bed and I'd get like four to six hours of like sleep and then 